Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today is the 26th and it is a Sunday, so happy Lord's Day. To really get connected to the grace of God, you need to be in church. So I hope that you are attending a solid, biblically sound church this morning. If you are, go ahead and comment in the comment section with an amen, just so that we all know that you are attending a solid, biblically sound church. Wouldn't that be cool to see hundreds of comments of people who are saying, amen, I am part of a biblically sound church. But let's get to our text this morning. In Proverbs chapter 26 is our text today. And in Proverbs chapter 26, starting in verse 1, it says this, As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. A whip for the horse and a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the fool's back. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to fools. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The lazy man says, there is a lion in the road, a fierce lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Like a madman who throws firebrand arrows in death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tellbearer, strife ceases. As charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so the contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tellbearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Fervent lips and with a wicked heart are like earthware covered with silver dross. And who hates disgust, excuse me, disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred uh, is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruins. The first thing that I want us to see here this morning is the fool. In verse 10, it says this, The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. 
Now, basically, what this verse is going on saying is, is that God gives the consequences to both the fool and the transgressor. It's not going and saying wages in a good way. It's saying that the, the things that the fool gets, he, he deserves. The things that the transgressor gets, there are his wages. It's what he deserves. And, and so let's look at the fool because it says quite a bit about a, the fool in the first 12 verses. In verse 1, we find that honor is not fitting for a fool. It's It's not fitting. Don't give honor to a fool. It's wrong to give honor to everyone. Simply put, uh, when we go and we look at this whole idea of participation trophies, that that's not a biblical concept. And we see this right here. We are not to go into honor everybody, but only those who deserve honor. And there are specifically people who do not deserve honor in life. The next thing we see here is that a rod is made for the fool's back. It, it, it just goes together like peanut butter and jelly, right? The fool, the fool's back and a rod. It's the idea that punishment and getting into trouble and going and having difficulty, well, that fits the fool. That, that is fitting for the fool. It is what comes natural to a fool. I work in property management. I end up running a lot of backgrounds, and there are certain things that, that you see uh, that are done repeatedly over and over and over, and there are certain types of people that you go and you just see that, that my goodness, this person here, uh, they have this trend, and they have that trend, and look, they did this repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. What, what does it mean? Well, when you go and you meet them and you talk with them uh, on the phone or something like that, pretty soon you're going to be able to find out that they're probably a fool, and it just makes sense that they spent so much time in jail for little dumb things because they're a fool, because that rod fits their back. It's made for their back. They're constantly being punished. The next thing we see here is that sending a message by the way of a fool does self-harm. It does self-harm. Well, and when I, when I think of this here, this whole idea of sending a, a fool to your message, the, the thing that pops into my mind, uh, and of course it damages the, the one who sends it out, is the movie The Little Rascals. If you remember the movie The Little Rascals, uh, there you have Alfalfa, and, and he goes and he sends, I, I don't remember the two little kids' names, but they sing that song, you know, I have a pickle, I have a pickle, hey, 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 or whatnot. Uh, but, but he goes and he sends those two little kids to, uh, to, to the girl that, that, that he just has an interest in, and he's just absolutely in love with this, this girl. And of course, it is a love note, but this, this wouldn't go well with his group of friends there, them little rascals. And so, uh, you, you know, he has to go and to, to tell them that, oh, yeah, this, this note is, I hate your filthy guts. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. Well, of course, they, they, they end up, using the, uh, the the note for a Kleenex, if I remember correctly. And so they get there and they say, well, but that's okay because I remember the message. And then they go and they repeat the message, which wasn't actually the message. And of course, it goes and does all kinds of damage into his relationship and makes a great movie. But that's what it is like when you send a message by the way of a fool, it harms you. You might be thinking, well, this is an easy task. Well, a fool has an incredible ability to go and to mess up easy tasks and make them so that they come and they bring damage to the sender. Don't trust a fool. See, a proverb, the next thing we see here in verse 7, is that a proverb in the mouth of a fool, it's, it's like crippled legs. 
It just dangles in his mouth. It's not going to accomplish anything. It's not going to, to, to go and to set out and set forth what, what it was sent to go and to do. It, it's just useless dangling there. Even when you equip a fool, right, the fool still finds ways to make it so it's useless. Also, continuing on in verse 8, giving honor to a fool, it won't go far. It's like a stone bound in a sling. Can you imagine a stone bound in a sling? I mean, that would be uh, like like a bowling ball that gets stuck on somebody's thumb and you go to get ready to throw it and they end up throwing themselves down the bowling alley, right? That That's the concept here as to what's going on. It, it just looks funny. It, 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 it hurts people and it doesn't accomplish what it set out to do. And you think of the, the danger of binding a stone into a sling. Well, not only could it hurt the person who has it in their hand, but they're probably using that sling to defend themselves, right? From a lion or from a bear, if we think of David. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. A proverb in the mouth of a fool actually does more damage than the fool could ever know. In verse 9, it goes and it says, like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is the proverb in the mouth of a fool. A thorn going into the hand of a drunkard, well, somebody who's drunk, a drunkard, there what's going to happen is that they're not going to realize that that's hurting. Their, their faculties aren't what they ought to be. And so that thorn goes in much deeper than it ever ought to. Well, a proverb in the mouth of a fool is that they're going to go, instead of just being uh, useless with it, they're actually going to go and accomplish, or they're going to damage things. They're going to damage things and much more than what they even realize. They're just going to act like a big wrecking ball. Of course, then we have a fool's return to their folly like a dog returns to his vomit. One mark of a fool is not just simply that they make a mistake, everybody makes mistakes, but they, they, that they constantly go back to that mistake. They don't correct their path. They don't repent. They just keep going back to it. That's one hallmark of a fool. If you know somebody in your life who, my goodness, it's not just that they messed up. It's not just that they did wrong. It's not just that they made a mistake, but it's that they repeatedly make the same mistake. One thing that you can go and say for sure is that they are a fool. Yet, even though we've seen all of this terrible stuff about a fool, it says this interesting thing in verse 12. It says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. See, a prideful person is even worse than a fool. A prideful person is even worse than a fool. So remember that as we've gone and we've looked at how bad a fool is, stop and take inventory of your own life. You might be saying, well, I'm sure glad I'm not a fool. But are you a prideful person? Because there's even more hope for a fool than for you if you are full of yourself. I don't want to just look at the pride, or excuse me, the foolish person, though. I also want to look at the lazy man. Verses 13 through 16, it tells us all about the lazy man. It says this, he, the lazy man says, there is a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand into the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. 
See, a, a lazy man doesn't take care of problems. That's the first thing we see. There's a lion in the road. Instead of going and doing something about it, he just screams, there's a lion in the road. There's a fierce lion. Oh, no. Slacks on his responsibility, doesn't go and take care of problems, just leaves them there. That's a problem. The next thing that's interesting is is that it says that a lazy man turns on his bed like a door on its hinges. Now, this is an interesting concept because many people think that lazy people get more rest. I mean, that would uh, that, that would make sense, right? A lazy person would get more rest. I mean, they spend more time in bed. They spend a lot more time sleeping. They're always talking about those kinds of things and whatnot. But, but if you ever talk to a truly lazy person, you'll find out that they always say this, I didn't sleep well. I didn't sleep well. And why is that? Well, there is a natural reason for it. It's because they didn't go and exert themselves, and so their body's not ready to actually rest yet, and so they're not going to sleep well. I've had a lot of conversations with people who go and and, and they, they don't have jobs. They're not actually looking for jobs. They're just going, and their life is always struggling and falling apart, and they've got all these things that's going wrong and all this kind of stuff that's going going wrong in their life, and then they go and you talk to them, and they're like, they're like, well, well, what did you do? You know, I mean, your life's falling apart. Have you gone and applied? I mean, in this economy, we've got all these jobs uh, open. There are people who are begging people to just come and to, to work there. Like, what what are you doing? Oh, no, I didn't have time to go into to apply for any jobs. Well, why not? Oh, because I mean, I I just didn't sleep well. I was in bed, you know, from 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 10 at night. And, and, and then I, I was in bed till noon because I just couldn't sleep. Well, it's because you didn't do anything. That's why. You sat there and you tossed and turned all night because your body wasn't ready to go to bed because you hadn't put a full day's work in yet. That's why. That's why. If you want to get good rest, don't be lazy. I know it seems kind of weird, but it's true and it's wisdom right there. Also, a lazy person has less pleasure in luxurious things, which is is something that's also bizarre. But it but it goes and it says, uh, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl, and yet it wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The 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 food that is supposed to be you know this luxurious thing and it's it, it's sweetness. You would think that wow that tastes so good, but that's not true. Once again, the lazy man. Uh, he, he, it's not even good enough to come in to bring this back to his mouth. You know, if you stop and you think about some of the times that you go, wow, this is the best food that I've ever eaten. Sometimes it is, you know, because it's just really good food that was made. That That is sometimes what happens. But sometimes, actually a lot of the time, when you go and you scarf down food, it's because, well, you had put out a lot of energy. You put out a lot of energy and then whatever it is that you go and you eat, you're like, wow, that tastes so good. And you just scarf it down and you have all of a sudden way more energy to eat all this food. I remember one time my, my cousin and I spending the night at my great grandma's and uh, we, we got called up for, for lunch and we had, we had spent all night messing around, just, just going and, and messing around and, and hanging out and having a fun time. I mean, I'm not saying we were being productive by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but, but it was whatever we were doing. I remember like we were actually, you know, going and doing stuff. 
And, and we came upstairs and she had made, I, I believe it was 10 pounds of mashed potatoes. And we both thought that everybody else had already gotten food. So we just piled it on our plates and, and we took all 10 pounds or, or like nine and a half pounds of these these 10 pounds of potatoes between the two of us. And it was uh, mashed potatoes with uh, chip beef and gravy. I mean, oh, just an excellent meal. One of the best meals that I've ever had in my life. And, and I mean, we scarfed that down. And then later on, you know, we realized that uh, that, that was all of it that they had, that she had made. And there were other people who needed to eat too. We didn't get in trouble. She, she, she was tickled pink. She thought it was awesome that we were eating that much food. Great grandmas or something else, right? It's awesome. But it was one of those things where that was one of the best meals that I've ever had. Now, I've had chip beef and gravy probably a hundred times in my life. It's a good meal, but that's the only time I'd say that was one of the best meals that I've ever had. And I've had my great-grandma's chip beef and gravy a lot. Well, what was it? That's because we had exhausted ourselves. We, we, weren't being, we weren't being lazy. We weren't necessarily being productive. I'm not, I'm not trying to go and say, you know, we're, we were going out there doing doing productive things. We were just going out there playing and having fun. Um, but it was that idea of we were exhausting ourselves. And that's, that's the, the, the goal of, uh, of going and in, in understanding here. If you want luxurious things to, to, to be even more luxurious, to have an appreciation for those extra things, well, don't be lazy because then you will appreciate those things. And of course, the lazy man, he is wise in his own eyes. See, pride is the root of laziness. You think, I am above doing that. The lazy person always has a high opinion of himself. Take inventory. Are you lazy? It also means you're prideful. Remember about the prideful person. There's more hope for a fool than for him. The last thing they want us to see here this morning is in verse 28, and I'll go over this quickly, and it's a lying tongue. It says this, a lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it and a flattering mouth works ruin. See, sometimes people think lying is helpful to those they're talking to. Maybe it spares them a hard truth or it lets them live in ignorance on something that would just, you know, break their paradigm or something like that. But you need to understand something. Lying always destroys its hearers. Lying always destroys its hearers. It always hurts and does damage to those who hear the lie. See, some people think uh, even a lie that's a positive lie, right? A positive lie would be like flattery, right? That's positive. You're not saying something negative. You're, You're going out and telling somebody that they're better than what they really are. That's flattery. See, and sometimes people think that flattery is good for others, uh, but ultimately that's not the case. See, it can cause people to have too much trust in themselves and then they go out and they try to do something that they ought not do and then they end up looking like a a fool or failing or they try to do something before they're ready to go and to do it. Maybe it's not that they don't have the ability, but maybe it's that they haven't haven't, uh, pursued excellence enough in the, the matter and they need to go and stop and really get that excellence down before they go and they put it out there to the public. See... Flattery can give a false sense of ability or a false sense of accomplishment. You need to give honest assessments and where someone is lacking, you need to either encourage them to, to lean into their strength. Maybe it's that they're, they ventured out to something that God hasn't designed them for. That happens sometimes. Or maybe it's that they simply need to hone their skill and they need to strive for excellence. 
This, this happens a lot with parents and children. See, a lot of times parents just, they, they kind of believe that their child is the, the greatest ever. And you'll see that sometimes, you know, I, I think of it when it comes to music, uh, they'll go and they'll put a video up and, you know, oh, my kid's this great singer. Sometimes your kid is a great singer, but some, most of the time your kid's just average, right? You know, just trying to tell the truth here. And one of the problems is that they go and they send their child out and they, you know, their, their kid thinks that they're going to be some superstar and they end up on American Idol and they end up in the auditions and you find out that they can't carry a tune. And so instead of, you know, going and being, uh, going far in American Idol, they end up being a laughing stock in American Idol. Well, what would have served them well if somebody wouldn't have flattered them? Now, it would have made not very good television if, if, you know, they didn't have such a big ego, but if somebody wouldn't have given them the flattery, if they wouldn't have flattered them and they would have just told them the truth of, Hey, this isn't your skill or, Hey, you got to work on this. You got to find excellence. Well, things would have gone better for him. It had gone better for him. Can you imagine what it'd be like to be a laughing stock person on American Idol? I mean, I'm not talking about William Hung who, you know, made a career out of it, but, but I'm talking about just an average person who honestly had been told their whole life, Hey, you're great. And then you get on there and you realize that you're the laughing stock. And Simon goes and tells you, you know, you're terrible. He goes and he says, you know, uh, the Lord said to make a joyful noise uh, unto him, you know, and, and what did God ever do to you? Uh, you, you know, they, they say something like that. And then they're crushed in life. Well, what would have been better if somebody would have just told them the truth? Now, that doesn't mean you got to be a jerk about it. But it does mean that you don't flatter them. So, don't be a fool, don't be a lazy man, and don't lie to people. Thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. Trust